Okay, so this is our first episode with um, Politically Right. Today we're going to talk about Liz Cheney, Caitlyn Jenner's gubernatorial run over in California for the recall election over there, and the future of the Republican Party as a whole, and where we go from here in this post-Trump era. So earlier this week, um, Congressman Liz Cheney, Republican of Wyoming, was ousted as House GOP Conference Chair. Um, I think we all saw this coming. It's pretty obvious that Liz Cheney was going to be ousted. We all, you know, kind of saw that as a foregone conclusion. You know, the thing with Liz Cheney, right, she had survived her first attempt, you know, at, you know, at her, uh, her chair, her chairwomanship being threatened. She survived it the first time, but it's become clear that, you know, not only is she not going to be the chair, chairwoman of the House Republican Conference, she's not going to be, I think, what the, you know, the Republican Party as a whole, especially among the MAGA orbit, where she's she, she, she doesn't have much of a future in it. Let's just say that. And I think that, you know, the thing is with Liz Cheney, a lot of people don't really get is that the problem with her is that it's not that she's a bad congresswoman. It's, you know, I personally had mixed feelings about it in the beginning, right? I, I feel that, you know, she was ousted because she wasn't speaking her mind. That's some things I had thought about early on. And then I began to really think about it, and I realized, you know, Liz Cheney probably should not have had that job to begin with, because let's be real, you know, the thing about Liz Cheney is that she's she's a rock-solid conservative. There's no question about that. I mean, she votes with President Trump, you know, I think it was 80% plus, the, plus more than, you know, more than 80% of the time, you know, versus someone like Elise Stefanik of New York, who's more of a moderate Republican, you know, in the center, you know, who is also vying for GOP leadership um, right now for the chairwomanship. Well, for the yeah, for the chair for the chairmanship of the uh, of the conference, it's very likely Elise Stefanik is going to win. You know, President Trump already released you know a, um, a statement out today that he supports her over someone who's a little bit more conservative, like Chip Chip Roy of uh, Texas, another congressman, um, another Republican congressman. Now, the thing with Liz Cheney is that you know, here's my view on this. Liz Cheney is a good congresswoman in the sense that she brings a lot of good ideas to the party. I love that she's honest. I love that she's got this integrity to her. But here's the reality of the truth. We're going into a midterm election next year where we, even though we only need probably, I don't know, five seats, a handful of seats over in the House of Representatives to retake back control of, of the chamber, we need somebody at the top who not only, you know, has experience, you know, recruiting candidates for the Republican Party to run in, you know, general in the general election for House races. We need somebody who represents what the Republican Party looks like today and not 20 years ago. And the problem with that I see in Liz Cheney is that she really represents an old, archaic version of the Republican Party of the George Bush years. You know, she, if you probably were to ask her today if the Iraq War was a mistake, she probably would say it was not a mistake. She thinks that was a good idea. Obviously, you and I both know the Iraq War was a complete and absolute utter disaster. It was a horrible mistake and a horrible decision um, in regards to that. Liz Cheney's also a problem is that she she is out of step with the party, especially even on the withdrawal with that in Afghanistan. A lot of Republicans, you know, not, not get me wrong, now, a lot of Republicans, you know, over in the House and even in the Senate, you know, that come from the more neoconservative wing of the Republican Party today, you know, that are less populist, they probably, you know, they're, they're more supportive of keeping troops in Afghanistan until conditions are met, you know, whatever those conditions are. Well, 
I personally think it's time to leave Afghanistan. I this is one thing I do commend the president on, President Biden for, you know, beginning that withdrawal process. You know, heading towards that September eleventh, twenty twenty one date, um, the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven, um, the terrorist attacks there. So I think that is a good idea to remove troops from Afghanistan and, and do that. You know, that final withdrawal. Liz Cheney doesn't believe that's a good idea. And, you know, Liz Cheney is out of step also on things like, you know, same-sex marriage, which now I think 51% of Republicans recently polled, you know, um, agree with same-sex marriage for the very first time ever. You know, also, the other thing with Liz Cheney is she doesn't have really campaigning experience in the sense where she's a good recruiter. She represents this Republican Party of 20 years ago, and, and that is very much a detriment to her. And, 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 and I think that it personally would be a detriment to the party to have her leading the conference. Not because I think that she's a bad person, not because I think that her views are bad. I don't think that they are. I just think that she's wrong on, on, on too many views to the point where, you know, maybe she should not be leading the House Republican Conference. I think that she is a good asset to, like, let's say if she served or if she doesn't serve. I don't know if she serves on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, you know. I'm not against neoconservatism, you know, I'm not a non-interventionist by, by any means, but I'm also not a, you know, someone who supports war every single time. I'm more of a smart interventionist. I think we should get involved in, in different conflicts depending on the situation, what's going on on the ground, in you know, this, that, and the other. I think that it was the right decision to remove Liz Cheney. I don't think that she should have been removed because she was disagreeing with Trump all the time. I, I don't think that was, that should have been the real problem. I think the problem with her is that she just doesn't represent the future of the party. She represents the past. And I also think the problem with Cheney is that right after she got asked for leadership, just yesterday, she did an interview with Savannah Guthrie on, I think it was NBC and NBC News. And she just, you know, kind of trash talked many of her GOP colleagues in the house. And that is not, you know, unifying or even a good message to send to your conference, right? Especially if you're the chairwoman of it. I mean, she wasn't at that point, but let's say she still was the chairwoman. That's not a good message. That's not unifying. And, you know, here's the thing. I want to win in 2022. I want the Democrats to get, you know, wiped the hell out of there. I don't think the Democrats have done anything good coming out of the House, you know, run by, you know, Nancy Pelosi, who can't do anything right. You know, and Steny Hoyer, God knows what he does, right? <laughs> Nobody ever hears of him. I think that the Republicans have a chance to have another Tea Party type wave like we had in 2010 when the Republicans took back, I think it was 63 or 64 seats in the House. It was bigger than the Gingrich Revolution of, of uh, 1994 with, uh, when they took back, I think it was like 50 plus seats in the House. So it was around the same you know, amount. I think that Liz Cheney you know, being in the caucus is fine. I think her leading the caucus is, is the wrong decision. So I think that it was the right decision to remove her. But not obviously because she disagrees with Trump merely, but because she's just so out of step with the party. She's not going to recruitment, you know, this, that, and the other. And I think that does matter. That really does matter. You know, Liz Cheney does not represent where GOP voters are today. You know, a lot of GOP voters today are not Bushites. They are supporters of more non-interventionist policies in the, in the, in the Middle East and other places. They're in favor of less foreign aid. They're in more, they're in more you know, protectionist kind of. They're more in favor of more fair trade practices. They care about, you know, retaining American jobs, manufacturing. You know, the Republican Party is really becoming this blue-collar party. It's a party it wasn't before. It used to be just a white-collar party. And I think we have done a good job in the past few years, especially under Trump, you know, when he was president of the United States, with 
you know, these blue collar voters that we have now reeled into the party. And I think that is a good thing for the party. We're expanding among African Americans, Asian Americans, women, um, Latinos, Hispanics, and, you know, you know, now as to LGBT people, I think that we are also increasing our numbers among that. Um, all but, you know, all but steady we are, but we are still making some progress. I think that people who are going to lead the party into the future need to be, you know, not ages or anything, you know, clearly. I think they need to be younger, though. I think that they need to be more in step with the times. Now, does that mean that I think that Elise Stefanik is, is the answer? I don't know, to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I don't know her well enough. What I do know about Stefanik is she does support same-sex marriage. And that's a good thing, I think. I think that's really good, especially if you want to lead the party. I, I like that she's a woman and she's young, especially that she's young. So she represents a type of young, you know, youth, youthness to the party that otherwise might not be there. Or, you know, people can't really say, well, the party's run by old white rich guys. You know, we, you know, that's how the Republican Party is always shaped, right? We're always called, you know, we hate the poor, we hate, you know, black people, we hate women, you know, this, that, and the other. And I think that, especially since we have Ronna McDaniel running the RNC, another another working, you know, she's a working mom. I think that women are the future of the of the GOP, and I think that's really important. I think that at least Stefanik's views on the Paris Climate Accord, she did support that. I have a real big problem with that. I am very much against the Paris Climate Deal. I thought that it was bad for American workers. I thought that the agreement was just, you know, terrible for American industry. I think that it doesn't. You know, even the United Nations said, you know, that we don't need to be in the Paris climate deal because we were already doing, you know, what we needed to do with the environment through private innovation, you know, private investment and things like that. And, and also, let's just be real, you know, India and, and China together combined produce about 40% of the world's, you know, world pollution. So, and by the way, just so you understand, China and India are both involved in the Paris climate deal. They're both, they both signed on to it. So clearly it doesn't matter what deal you sign on to. It's these kinds of things to those kinds of countries. You know, I think India is a good country, but, you know, still people aren't going to follow rules, especially China. You know, China is not going to follow the rules. China doesn't care to follow any rules. China hasn't been following rules for years. So they're not going to just somehow follow the rules now that Biden is president, you know, especially under Joe Biden, you know. Now. I don't, I don't, I'm not necessarily against Stefanik leading the conference. I think that she's a good choice and I can probably overlook that she supported that deal. That's, you know, her own personal political decision and point of view. I just think she's wrong about it. So I don't think that she'd be a terrible chairwoman. I think she'd be a great choice, especially for going into the midterms next year. And we want to, you know, recruit more female, more, you know, people of color, you know, in younger candidates for uh, for office uh, in the Republican Party. And I think that's a good thing. Now, that's Liz Cheney. You know, something else I wanted to get to, and this is probably something you probably did not expect, is Caitlyn Jenner. Jenner is running as a, as a, uh, as a transgender, you know, Republican. She's a conservative Republican running in the uh, upcoming recall against Governor uh, Gavin Newsom of California, a Democrat. You know, obviously, people. some people don't know this, but obviously in California, they don't have an open or closed primary system. They have a jungle primary system, which basically means everyone runs on the same ballot. You could have 20 Democrats and 
15 Republicans run on the same ballot. It doesn't matter. It, a general primary just means everyone's on the same single ballot. Whoever makes the top two spots goes on to the general election. So it could be two Democrats that make the top two spots, which is probably likely in, in uh, California. I think in 2018, though, James Cox, who was a Republican nominee for governor, ran against Gavin Newsom while he was a Democrat. I think that, but I think that was that was a situation where Republican Democrat didn't win the top two spots. But you know, Republicans now in California are the largest. Actually, they're the the they're they have there are now less registered Republicans in California today than there are registered independents, and that is the for the first time in California history. You have more Democrats and independents in California today than you do Republicans. And it used to be Democrats, Republicans, independents. Now it's Democrats, independents, and Republicans. Now, whether Caitlyn Jenner can make it out of that jungle primary system, because obviously there's people like Falconer, different people running for the Republican you know, you know, slot on the, on the ballot. There's multiple Republicans running, not just Jenner. Whether she makes it to the top two, I don't know. Whether she can be an effective governor, I'm not sure either. But what I will tell you about Jenner is this. Caitlyn Jenner represents, I think that, I don't want to say that she's got the Trump base of the Trump support. I don't want to say that. But what I will say is she represents a lot of Republican voters in California that might feel left out and left behind by the Newsom administration or just in general by, you know, the wokeness of the political left right now in our country. I, I think that she's not a terrible choice. I know, and I say, I know, I, I get it. I say that in all sincerity, though. In all seriousness, just, just listen to me. I, I really don't think she's a horrible choice. California had a recall election in 2000 and I think two, or was it 2003? You know, moderate Republican at the time, Arnold Schwarzenegger, was also treated like, you know, a complete idiot, some guy who can't win. He defeated, you know, Gray Davis in the recall election, and Gray Davis was the outgoing Democratic governor. He was kicked out of office. And, you know, Schwarzenegger went on to win in 2006 for a second term as the governor of, um, of California. He served until 2011 when Jerry Brown came in as, you know— as a Democrat for Jerry Brown's, um, he, Jerry Brown served, you know, multiple non, non-consecutive terms of California, non-consecutive gubernatorial terms of California. But anyway, I, I don't think Jenner's a bad choice. I've listened to Jenner's ideas. I look at it this way, you know, Jenner, I think is a good choice for a lot of Republicans who might feel angry. And I can understand that because Jenner's also not a politician. She's had political views for a very long time. And, I don't think she's a bad choice because I do think she's genuine. Does that mean she's going to have it right all the time if she was governor? Absolutely not. We're all human. And also, here's the thing, too. You know, I'm not saying she's the next Ronald Reagan. I don't believe that. But a lot of people said the same, a lot similar stuff about Ronald Reagan. You know, when Ronald Reagan came onto the scene, he had just become a Republican in 1964. Reagan had only been a Republican for two years until he ran for governor in 1966 in California. He was a, a staunch liberal Democrat up until 1964. He had, you know, campaigned for a Republican candidate here and there in the 1950s you know, and especially in the 60s with Barry Goldwater in the, the 64 presidential election when Goldwater got his ass beat by Lyndon Johnson in a landslide. And, you know, the time for choosing speeches but really launched Ronald Reagan into the political realm, you know, in the lexicon of American politics. You know, Ronald Reagan 
was an interesting figure because he had been a you know like I said a liberal Democrat. And then when he was asked, you know, back in the you know the the 30s and 40s when he was just a sports announcer, you know, when the depression hit, what do you think about government? What is your what is your role? What do you think the role of government should be? He said that he thinks the government should solve almost every problem because we're in the middle of a crisis and a depression. So why should government not solve these problems? That's what Reagan said. You know, you wouldn't think that, but that's what Ronald Reagan believed and said at the time. And I think, and he he went on and they to win in 1966. You know, he ran on a law and order. You know, put the welfare bums back to work platform. You know, the traditional conservative you know type talking points at the time. You know, this was at the time when you know National Review was getting off the ground with William Buckley and all that other and the rest. You know, which is a conservative news publication that's still you know you know active even today. So Ronald Reagan went from a, a staunch liberal Democrat. You know, he had been campaigning for you know Republicans in the fifties and sixties. He wins the sixty-six the sixty-six gubernatorial election in California. They all said he couldn't win. They said he was too radical. They said that he was just not going to win. He wasn't going to defeat Pat Brown, and Pat Brown was the incumbent Democrat. Bra Pat Brown is actually, by the way, the father of Jerry Brown. You know, so Jerry Brown is the son. Jerry Brown and Pat Brown are both in governors of California at different times. So Ronald Reagan comes in and he serves for two terms as governor. He serves from 1967 to 1975, and that becomes his launching pad for the 1976 Republican primary against Gerald Ford. You know, and he, you know, almost defeats Ford. You know, he is defeated by a whisker by Gerald Ford, and he, you know, goes off in the distance for four years and doesn't come back till 1980 and defeats Jimmy Carter. But that's a whole other thing. So I think that Jenner. I'm not saying that she's like Ronald Reagan, but I think that Jenner can really relate to a lot of Republicans in California, you know, and a lot of Republicans in California, my personal view is that they're not radical. Republicans in California, I think are probably more socially moderate or even liberal. Um, they're not extremely conservative because they can't afford to be if they want to win an election, you know, unless you're in a house race that's incredibly dark red, then that's a different situation, you know. But I think Jenner is a good asset to not only the party. She's she's. I want to hear more of her views, and her solutions to her to the problems. She hired Brad Pascal, who was the um, what was it Pascal? I don't know, but he worked for Donald Trump on the 2020 campaign, and I think that was a good choice. I think Jenner will do well in the primary. I don't know if she will make it to the top two spots, though. Obviously, you know, definitely Gavin Newsom will make it to the top two spots. He'll be one of the two. The question is, who will be the, you know, the second person question mark? You know, but yeah, like I said, we will see what happens with that. The last thing I really, you know, wanted to get to is where does the Republican Party go from here in the post-Trump period, you know, in the shadow of, of the Biden presidency in, you know, where do we go from here? We lost an election by 7 million votes. Let's be real. We did. There was no, you know, there was no, and there wasn't going to ever be enough voter fraud to overturn the elections, you know, last year. Donald Trump won, I mean, excuse me, Donald Trump lost the election fair and square. He is not the president. We will see what happens in 2024 if he runs again. I don't know if he will. I think the future of the party, though, lies in young people, in women, in African Americans, people like Tim Scott, Christy Noem over in South Dakota, 
or she likes to call it the warmer Dakota. And Ron DeSantis. I think DeSantis has done a, a you know a dazzling job as governor of Florida. He has exceeded my expectations. I did not vote for him in the primary. I actually did vote for him in the general election, though, in 2018 when you know I live in Florida and I, I vote in uh, Florida elections. He has done an, an outstanding job, in my personal opinion. I think that the Republican Party, that's where the future is. It's not really in the future of someone like Liz Cheney even though she might be a good asset for the neoconservative wing of the party when it comes to like policy and, and things like that. I think that the Republican Party needs to figure out over the next three, four years, what do we believe as conservatives? Where do we belong anymore in the polity? You know, and what is, what, what is a conservative? Is it low taxes, a strong national defense, and, you know, socially conservative views being pro-life and things like that? And, having a strong family network. I mean, what is it What is it anymore, right? You know, how, where do we go from here? And I think that Donald Trump, if he runs in 2024, I personally don't want him to run because under his presidency, we lost the House to Nancy Pelosi. We lost the Senate to Chuck Schumer. Albeit, yeah, I get it. You know, it's 50-50 Senate, but let's be real. You know, the truth is, is this. The Republican Party should not have lost the Arizona and the Georgia Senate seats. I personally thought that at least one Republican was going to retain a Senate seat in Georgia. I never would have believed a year ago that both Republicans would lose. I didn't think Kelly Leffer was the most amazing candidate, not even David Perdue. But I do think that it's sad to see now a 50-50 Senate where Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff are representing Georgia in the Senate. And then there's Mark Kelly, you know, I, you know, I personally think, you know, Mark Kelly, you know, he's an astronaut, you know, kind of like how Bill Nelson was in Florida. You know, I, I think, I think Mark Kelly is defeatable. I think Raphael Warnock is even more defeatable, but obviously, you know, we'll get to that at a different point, you know, down the road. But I think that the party needs to expand its base even more. And don't get me wrong. You know, Trump did a lot of that, you know, in the past five, six years when he announced for president, 2015, when the election in 2016, with all his faults and all his failings and, you know, and all that, he opened up our party in a way that I think is good for us, in a, in a way that we otherwise would not have found somebody able to do. He exposed, you know, a lot of, part of, the, a lot of parts of the media that were very biased against conservative and right-wing, you know, talk, talking heads. Now, does that mean he's this perfect person? No, I don't think so. I think he's lied a lot on a lot of things. And I obviously did not vote for him in 2020. I voted uh, the libertarian ticket. No, I'm not a libertarian, but I had some major qualms with him and how he was attacking voting, you know, and all that and the other in like Georgia and other places in general. And I just, I, I was very disheartened by his, his uh, performance in the first presidential debate, which was a complete and absolute disaster for him. So I voted Libertarian, but I, I, I am not. I have no intention of doing that in 2024. I intend to vote the Republican nominee, whoever that person is, because I think that what we have at stake in 2022 and 2024 is so much bigger than a Liz Cheney, you know, losing her conference, you know, chairwomanship. It's so much bigger than anyone, anyone ego. Joe Biden, in my personal opinion, his presidency has been a calamitous disaster 
And I never would have believed, you know, he would have been this bad. I would never would have believed it. And I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt because I tried to be optimistic. When I voted third party, I, I had a feeling if he does win, I thought, okay, he's going to be good old Joe. He's going to be the good old moderate he's always been since he was elected to the Senate in 1972. He has taken a giant, you know, not even a 180, but a whole 360. The man can't make a, a, you know, a damn decision without, you know, asking his people to tell him what to say or what to think or what to believe or what executive order to sign. The man has no interest in working with Republicans. He has made that crystal clear. He is not going to work with Republicans. And even if he tries to, he, it's just all show. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. And I think if the party goes back to someone like a Donald Trump in 2024 and um, renominates him, we're going to, I think that it's, it's a losing ticket. It's not a good idea. Very bad idea. Obviously, I have my own biases. I think that people like Ron DeSantis should be the Republican nominee. And let's say we have Christy Nome as, you know, the vice presidential candidate on the ticket. Because Ron DeSantis is not only young, he's under the age of, of uh, 50. He's, I think he's like, I think he's about, what, 45 years old now? I don't know his exact age. But he would, you know, he would open up the party to even more people. He appeals to establishment Republicans. He appeals to the Trumpers. He appeals to so many different Republicans. I don't know any Republicans that don't like Ron DeSantis. And I think DeSantis has such a good launching pad to do that from. He could say, He's the governor of the biggest swing state in America right now. I mean, Florida's more predominantly red now. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I think he's got so much to run on, you know, from things he's done in Florida, from environmental, you know, restoration with the Everglades to school choice expansion to cutting taxes to his COVID, you know, policies. I thought were great policies. You know, I, I personally did not agree with the shutdowns and all that, you know, but I'm glad he never caved in to the woke left about mass mandates and following what people like him, you know, Andrew Cuomo did, you know, that criminal over in New York or all the rest. And I think Ron DeSantis is very authentic in that way. He's not willing to bend to the political winds of the day. He is going to tell you straight up what he thinks. He's basically, in my view, a non-rude Donald Trump. He has a lot of the same views. And I think he's I think he's a winning candidate. I really do believe that. The question is, is he gonna be the nominee? We don't know. We have three and a half years to figure that out. We really do. And I hope that we do figure that out because I want this party to not only win, but I want it to be what, you know, be what you know Jack Kemp said at the nineteen ninety-six Republican National Convention. He, I want this party to be worthy of winning. It's not enough to win. It's more enough to be worthy of winning. We need to give Republican voters and Americans in general reasons to vote for us, not just to vote against us. We can say socialism this, socialism that. We can say how the, the, the left is out of their mind, which I believe that they are. We can say all these different things about Joe Biden and, and whatever and how terrible of a president he is and how awful you know, this administration has been. But we have to provide solutions and they have to be serious solutions in 2024. And we have to have serious candidates at the top of the ticket who are willing to articulate those positions carefully and, you know, in a way that the voters not only understand, but they agree with and they enjoy and they like these ideas. We have to, you know, reinvent what it means to be a Republican in 2020. Not 2020, excuse me, in 2024. 
we need to start that now. And I think that people like Ron and Sanders can help do that. I really do believe that. I don't think someone like Liz Cheney can. And we need to start now because if we don't win back the House, and if we, you know, it's likely we're not going to take back the Senate anytime soon. Probably not until 2024. And But if we also just don't take back the White House, we're going to regret this. And we're going to deserve to lose it because there's no reason that Joe Biden should, should be reelected. You know, but that's what I'm getting at. We need to propose a candidate and policies and ideas that allow us to be worthy of winning in 2024. And if that begins with an Elise Stefanik, and if that begins, you know, running the conference over in the House, and if that begins, you know, creating a lot of these ideas and not only telling people why Joe Biden's so terrible and why he shouldn't be reelected, but why we're so good and why our ideas are the best for Americans, why our conservative ideas are going to lift people out of poverty, lift people up. That I think that's important. And if we do that, if we do that, I believe that we will not only wipe out the Democrats in 2022 in the House, we will take back the Senate in 2024, throw Joe Biden, you know, back off into history as a one-term president. And we have a lot of we have a chance to remake the future for ourselves, the party, and the country. Thank you.